Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done. I know it's been hard for me to hit the pillow sometimes and get the hours that I need, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what is needed to get the sleep that you deserve. I've used this product. It's incredible. It's helped me immediately. It's CBD PM that blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. Like I said, it worked on me right away. And more importantly, when I woke up the next morning, no grogginess, none of that tired feeling. CBD really works. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off of your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com. Promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Really, there's no such thing as home court advantage this season in the NBA. But that being said, there's no excuse at all for the Sacramento Kings to go 0-5 during their five-game homestand. And look, I understand that the energy in Sacramento is one of its defining factors. I get that 17,000 Kings fans in that arena provides a lot more for those basketball players than cardboard cutouts and pumped-in crowd noise. I get that. It's difficult to create your own energy when you're used to the energy that the Kings crowd brings. That being said, you cannot go 0-5 on your home floor regardless of if the gym is full or empty. Kings lost the Miami Heat last night, 118-110. Don't be fooled by that final score. It wasn't that close. Despite the bad night, Nemanja Bjelica, Marvin Bagley, and Daquan Jeffries all impressed. We'll talk about that. Plus, I'm going to play for you a conversation from this morning's show on Sports 1140 KHDK that I hosted with Jay Mars. We talked about Marvin Bagley versus Rashawn Holmes. If Monty McNair had to choose one as their long-term center of the future, and he may very well have to, which one is the better choice? It's actually more of a difficult decision than it sounds on the surface. You'll hear that and more on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. And despite all of the struggles and all the many failures that the Kings have gone through over the last 14, 15 years, if there's been one positive for the Kings, it's that they overall have performed better at home. This season, though, in an empty Golden 1 center, that hasn't been the case. The Kings are 5 and 5, that's 500 on the road and 7 and 11 at home. Maybe that's good news cuz the Kings are about to start a 5-game road trip beginning with the Chicago Bulls tomorrow night. But it's not just that the Kings went 0 and 5 during this homestand, it's the fact that all of the momentum they brought into the homestand vanished within a couple games. Now, game 1 of this homestand, even though it was a loss to the Philadelphia 76ers, I thought was actually a pretty good game and the better team just happened to win. But the Kings still played with a lot of the same energy, passion, and success 
that they had during that 7-1 and one stretch just before this homestand began. And just like that, the Kings quickly go from 12-11 and 11 with a hold on the 8th seed in the Western Conference to now 12-16, and 16, just a game ahead of 13th and 14th place where the Rockets and Thunder are. And I know for those of you who are hoping the Kings end up with a high draft pick, maybe you're excited by that. But as of right now, the Kings have the ninth best odds at the number one overall pick. And the worst team in the Western Conference, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they are a whopping five and a half games back of the Kings. Not a good spot to be in. And I'm talking about Sacramento, not Minnesota. Look, the negatives from this game are obvious. The main one is the fact that in a game where you are without two of your starters, two key starters in Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes and the scoring output that they provide, you need a lot from your big three in that case, which in my opinion would be De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton off the bench. And the three of them combined for just 24 points. Not even close to good enough. Those three have to be better. They have to step up if the Kings want any shot of winning a game like this when they're dealing with those injuries. And again, don't be fooled by the final score. It was not that close. It's not like the Kings were within eight points for a majority of the game and could have come back in the fourth quarter. They closed the gap in garbage time. This game was far from close for a majority of the second half. 24 combined points from Fox, Heald, Halliburton. Not good enough. And De'Aaron Fox said after the game, It's not all on one player, but he knows he has to be better. And I appreciate De'Aaron saying that. It's the right leadership thing to say. And in this case, last night's game, he did have to be better. He did have to step up more. But De'Aaron Fox stepping up has not been the major problem of this season. It's been the unbelievable inconsistencies. Normally, a king season is up and down, right? We call it a roller coaster ride. But I'm almost impressed by the steep climbs and even steeper drop-offs that we've gone through already this season. From the great start, including two wins over the Denver Nuggets, to losing 9 of 12, to winning 7 of 8, now to losing 5 straight. Stop the ride. I want to get off. Please. I can't handle this. I'm getting nauseous. And I know Kings fans feel the same way. But a little cure to that nausea is the way that Marvin Bagley played in last night's game. A solid shift at center. And in the next segment, you're going to hear Jay Mars and I talking a lot about if center is Marvin's natural position. I know there's a a lot of talk about positionless basketball in the modern NBA, and that is still the case, but that five spot, is that the position that Marvin Bagley with the Sacramento Kings team has to play at to be at peak efficiency? He played well at the center position, I thought, versus the Philadelphia 76ers, doing as good as he can against Joel Embiid, and then I thought he did very well against Bam Adebayo last night. Now, both Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler finished with triple-doubles. It's the first time in Kings history that two players have finished with a triple-double against them, but I think it's the second time this year that Jimmy and Bam have done that, which is incredibly impressive. But Bam didn't destroy Bagley and destroy the Kings like I thought he was going to based off of how bigs have absolutely obliterated the Kings so far this season. It was Tyler Hero's 27 points off the bench on top of the two triple-doubles that really hurt the Kings in this game. But I thought Marvin was impressive. At that center position, again, Jay and I are going to talk more about that in just a little bit. Nemanja Bialica, a pro's pro. I know there are some fans, actually many fans in Sacramento, that don't believe he deserves much playing time at all, and I know he's not the best on defense. He's a very streaky shooter as well, but Bialica has barely played. He comes in, and without Bialica in that first half, the Kings are down by 35-plus at halftime. There's just no other way to put it. Bielitsa got into the starting lineup. Of course, he's a good shooter, but also a lot better at attacking the basket than people give him credit for. He had a very solid night. And then Daquan Jeffries, what can you say about the guy? 
five for five from three-point range. I want to pump the brakes a little bit because I'm a Daquan Jeffries fan. A lot of Kings fans I saw on social media were taking that strong performance from Jeffries and saying, see, he deserves to play 25, 30 minutes a night. He's now capable of hitting the outside shot. He had a great night shooting the basketball, but it was one night. I do agree he deserves more minutes. I want to see what he can do more over time, and I want to see if nights like that where that three-point shot can fall more consistently if that's really part of his game now, if that's really an addition that he's made to his game, but careful not to overreact to one solid game out of Daquan Jeffries. Also, it doesn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise you at all, that the Kings were once again not able to take advantage of a team who was coming in on the second night of a back-to-back. They played the night before. Not only did they play, they lost in overtime to the Golden State Warriors in a game where the majority of their main pieces played around 40 minutes. Kings still couldn't take advantage. On top of that, the Heat are shorthanded, missing some important pieces. Now, of course, the Kings are too, missing two starters. But one of the areas where I expected the Kings to really press the advantage in this game was getting out in transition, playing fast, trying to tire out the team that, you know, played a long game the night before. And the Kings did manage to score 19 points in the fast break in transition, but they gave up 17 to Miami. I got to give credit where credit's due. The Heat did not look like the team on the second night of a back-to-back. The Kings did. The Heat established themselves. They played with physicality, especially on the defensive end of the floor. And there was a moment in the fourth quarter when this game was was long over, where Bam Adebayo had the ball on the perimeter. He stayed put. Duncan Robinson used him as a screener to create separation. Robinson got to the spot where he wanted, got the ball, made the three. It was too easy. And that play to me spoke to what the Kings do wrong. It's not just that they're bad defensively. It's that they're soft defensively. They allow their opponents, and it's not just the Heat, they allow a lot of their opponents to get what they're looking for, execute their game plan, get to their spots with little to no adversity, no physicality. And that's what the Kings were doing so well during that 7 out of 8 game stretch where they won. They were not allowing their opponents to get to spots. Not only were they closing out on the perimeter, they were being physical. They were playing shooters tight. They were cutting off passing lanes. Kings bigs in the paint were meeting drivers and cutters. This Kings team needs to be more physical because opponents, when they want to, can just get to their spots, roll all over them, and it might as well be, at this NBA level, just shoot around before the game starts for some of these NBA players. Coming into this game, the Kings were one-point underdogs on BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And the Lockdown Bets podcast actually predicted that not only would the Kings cover that spread, that they would win easily against the Miami Heat on a second night of a back-to-back. Well, they got that wrong, but the other advice they gave on yesterday's Lockdown Bets show proved true. Hitting two out of three bets, not a bad way to spend your night. And you can cash in from the advice of the Lockdown Bets podcast by playing on betonline.ag. Just because football season is over doesn't mean the action is slowing down. You got NBA, you got college basketball, the NHL, baseball right around the corner. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
I've had the pleasure all this week of filling in on KHDK's morning show, the Carmichael Dave show. Carmichael Dave was on vacation, so it was myself and Jay Mars. We had a ton of great conversations. A lot of you, I know, listened to KHDK and you supported uh, that morning show, listened in and let me know that you are also listeners of the Locked on Kings podcast. I appreciate you. But on today's show, we had a really fun conversation about Marvin Bagley versus Rashawn Holmes. If Monty McNair had to pick one to go forward with, he could only pay one and really he might have to make his decision between the two in the near future with Rashawn Holmes coming up on a uh, the end of his contract at the end of this season. Maybe he decides to move on from Rashawn Holmes at this trade deadline. Jay and I talked through it. We debated through it. I think you'll enjoy our conversation. Here it is. I just think Bagley is better suited at the five. And when you saw him play with Nemanja last night, it really opened up his game down low. But Marvin's ability also to step out and he's improved on his outside game. Yes. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, the Kings' ability to play five out. I think it's highlighting what is best for Marvin Bagley, and that is to play next to a stretch shooter. Whether that's at the... We remember last year, the whole idea behind the Kings signing Dwayne Dedman was... Deadman was a stretch five. He's going to stretch the floor, allow Marvin to operate with a lot more room in the post. I think Marvin and Rashawn have done a good job of making it work while playing next to each other this year. I think they've done a really good job of that, actually. Much better than I anticipated, because I didn't think that could work at all. But I think they are both better players when they're playing next to a big man that can stretch. That's why I think that Kings lineup they use in the fourth quarter that has been so good with Heald, Halley, Fox, Barnes, because again, Barnes can stretch at the four position. It gives Rashawn so much more room in the paint. You know, he's deadly with that push shot. He's a great rim runner. And so it's starting to ask a question, okay, both Rashawn and Marvin are, are good together, but they are so much better when they're not playing next to each other and they're playing next to a shooter. And you proposed this, and I think it's an interesting take, and I'd love to see what people think about it at 44-1140 or 800-920-1140 is if the center position is what is best for both of these guys and playing next to a shooter, you're not going to invest big money in both. So where do you go? The, the, the more known commodity in Rashawn Holmes or the young tantalizing talent but still has a lot of holes in his game, Marvin Bagley? It's a it's an interesting debate, and I'm having a lot harder time answering this than I thought I would because based off of my music career, you would think I was easily going behind Marvin Bagley, you know? Double double, down available today. Yeah, hashtag double down. But the proven commodity that Rashawn Holmes is, I think is a perfect fit with what the Sacramento Kings want from that center position because Holmes is not so bad on the perimeter that you can't space him out and at least draw a defender out. He's a better rim protector than Marvin Bagley is, and I don't think Marvin Bagley will ever be that great of a rim protector despite his athleticism. They're probably pretty similar, equal uh, on rebounding. Rashawn Holmes has that absolute automatic shot on the inside. Both can run the floor. It's, It's just hard for me with the amount of young players on this roster to not want to pick the proven commodity in Rashawn Holmes, who I think, if signed to a four-year contract extension, could provide four really solid years as the starting center for the Sacramento Kings. He's that perfect modern NBA. The Well, I shouldn't say perfect. He is that ideal modern NBA. What would make him perfect is the consistent addition of that outside shot, which he has been working on. Walton just doesn't want him shooting as many of them as maybe he wants to shoot. Well, and with Rashawn, that push shot is so deadly when he gets in the post. It's such a high percentage shot. I can definitely see why Walton likes the idea of having him more at the basket and really opening up that part of his game. And here's what we have to take into account, too, is 
Monty McNair did not draft Marvin Bagley, and that has a significant effect on this decision. Right. If Vlade Divac and that front office were still in place, they would be forced almost to choose Marvin Bagley because they were desperate to make that work. Oh, they would have chosen Marvin Bagley. I think that's a foregone conclusion. They can't have that egg on their face. Monty McNair would love, like we talked about yesterday, would love for Marvin Bagley to work out, and I think he recognizes that Marvin Bagley is a former number two overall pick who is still young, who has a lot of growth still to go, but hasn't spent much time healthy. He recognizes that that's an asset, but he's not tied to it. His success and reputation is not tied to the success of Marvin Bagley. I've said Marvin Bagley is house money for Monty McNair. Mm -hmm. If it works, awesome. He inherited a great pick. If it doesn't work, it's not his fault if he decides to move on from it. So that makes, to me, it a little more likely that McNair would offer Rashawn Holmes a contract extension, assuming they have the money to do so, would offer Holmes a contract extension. Let's say it's it's like a three- or four-year deal. Forget about the money. Let's say he agrees to it. Rashawn Holmes re-signs. Then at that point, McNair decides, does he want to move on from Marvin Bagley? Or he could still try and deal Rashawn Holmes at the trade deadline next year, assuming Rashawn is still good if Marvin Bagley is continuing to step up in a major way. I think that's the most likely scenario here. But I wouldn't be surprised at all if faced with this decision, Monty McNair chooses Rashawn Holmes. I I wouldn't be shocked at all either. But here is, we talked about Monty wanting to keep things flexible, right? Mm -hmm. Um Rashawn Holmes had some interesting comments the other day when asked about what he's going to do in free agency. He didn't he didn't come out and flat out say, I'm not giving anyone a hometown discount, but if you kind of look into his words, Rashawn is looking to get paid. Of course he is. And Rashawn should get paid. Absolutely. And Rashawn shouldn't give anybody a hometown discount. In your mind, what is the type of contract Rashawn Holmes is going to get it in de- the offseason? It depends on where he goes, but assuming you're trying to keep him in Sacramento and, and paying the classic Sacramento small market tax... I feel comfortable. The most I feel comfortable comfortable offering Rashawn Holmes. A lot of it depends on the years. If it's a three year deal, it's like twelve, thirteen million a year. Mm-hmm. Three and thirty six. Let's say that. Let's Just- say that. If it's a two year deal, I'd I'd be willing to get up to like fourteen, fifteen. Okay. It just depends. A lot of it depends on the length of the contract. So for you, the longer the contract, the less per, less year, per year you would pay. Yes. Because I think what happens is when you start getting into those three or four year deals, and we, we saw this with Bogey. This is the reason why they didn't match on Bogey. And not, by the way, Rashawn Holmes won't be a restricted free agent. You don't have to worry about that, but he will be on the open market. And I think he would like to return to Sacramento. And if the Kings offer him the right money, I think he would be back. But what is the right money to your point? And I'm not sure Monty McNair wants to tie up three or four years of salary into Rashawn Holmes. Because I think you have to look at it from his standpoint. Like we said, he wants to maintain that flexibility because I we, we think, again, we think because Monty McNair keeps his cards close to his chest. But what we've seen from what he has said about keeping open flexibility, acquiring assets, a.k.a. draft picks, I think Monty wants to go big game hunting. And I think he knows tying that money into Rashawn Holmes when he has another year left on Marvin Bagley's rookie deal to really get a a true evaluation of Marvin, how he can play at that five position. I think that'll play a factor into it as well. And what will also play a factor into it, it has to play a factor into it, is whether or not the Kings are able to move on from Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald. And depending upon who they move on from affects, in my opinion, how much money they are willing to offer Rashawn Holmes. Oh, I agree. If they move on from Harrison Barnes, who is making, I think, $20 million this year, and I think it either goes down to 18 goes next, down to 18. It goes down to 18 next year. 
if they move on from Harrison Barnes, who I think is the more likely for them to Actually, move on I from. I think Harrison's making 22 this year, then it it's goes down 20, to 20 and, and then 18. 18. So that has an effect. If the, let's put it this way. If the Kings move on from Harrison Barnes instead of Buddy Heald, I think they're likely to have less to offer for Sean. If the Kings move on from Buddy Heald and keep Harrison Barnes, then they're willing to offer more because they have more cap space than available getting off of Buddy Heald's major contract. So that's going to play a, a factor in it too. I don't know if Monty McNair wants to offer more than $11, $12 million a year for Rashawn Holmes if Harrison Barnes is the one dealt, but maybe he's willing to go up to $14, 15 a year over two years if Buddy Heald is on the outs. This is an interesting take from the text line at 44-11-40. I still think the Kings should trade Bagley as well, but it's a recent string of games makes it harder to move on for anything less than pick 20. If he wants more than $10 million per year, trade Rashawn Holmes this deadline. I I have been saying this all season. Do not be shocked if with Rashawn Holmes' value right now and the way teams want a rim-running center on a cheap deal, especially teams that are looking to make a playoff push, I think Monty McNair is going to receive several phone calls yeah, on I, Rashawn Holmes. I think Rashawn Holmes will definitely be a, a target for a lot of teams at the deadline. I think Nemanja Bialica will be a target, although don't expect massive returns for either player. Uh, I think both of them are more likely to be big targets, and Harrison Barnes is more likely to be a big target than Buddy Heald is, although right. Buddy does have value. Rashawn Holmes at $10 million a year, though, that's, That's my thing. really good. We're assuming we understand the value of, or his market value. Right. And we're basing that off of his play, his age, his athleticism, and his fit in a modern NBA style. But the big man market over recent years has not been great. It's been really, really low to where I'm, I, I, Hassan Whiteside is, in my opinion, not as good and or as impactful as Rashawn Holmes is, regardless of, of the numbers he's had over his career. But Hassan Whiteside could only get a league minimum to come here to Sacramento. So is $10 million way too high based off of how the market has been for Rashawn Holmes? I don't think so. I think Rashawn Holmes is worth double figures. Well, I don't know how the figures work out, but worth at least $10 million plus. No, I think $10 million plus. If you're a team and you got Rashawn in the open market for $10 million per, I think that is an absolute steal. Yeah. I mean, he makes $5 million right now. This is... We, we always like to make fun of the, the tenure of Lonnie Devots for good reason, but that is probably the best deal he signed from a just strictly value next to dollar standpoint. And there is no part of me that would be mad at Rashawn Holmes for taking more money elsewhere if that, like, Rashawn should absolutely want to get every he His journey to the NBA has been nothing but an uphill battle. He's had to scratch and claw every step of the way. And now he's in a position where he's proven he is a starter caliber player in the NBA. And after making just little pennies on the dollar from an NBA standpoint, if this is his one major chance to get the bag, go and get the bag. Oh, he's getting the bag. Rashawn Holmes is not giving anybody a discount. I'm rooting for him 100% to get paid, even if it means he leaves Sacramento. But I think it's more likely that he gets paid more by Sacramento than he will elsewhere because good teams are going to hope for the discount to get him to come and potentially be a part of a championship or right, a playoff it's a Sacramento run. tax. So if he wants money, there's a good chance he'll stay in Sacramento. It's just the question is how much is Monty McNair willing to pay? Well, and again, he may not even have the choice. This is we're we're starting to approach the trade deadline now, and I think Rashawn's name hasn't been brought up a lot, but again, I think it will be brought up come deadline. I'm at the point now where I I said this earlier in the week, and I still feel this way, that this team's core right now, when you look at the two pieces on there is Halliburton and Fox. I want to know what Marvin Bagley is. 
I want to have an idea going into year four next year. I need to know what Marvin Bagley is. Is he a center? Is he a power forward? Does he play better with stretch? And I think we're seeing it right now. And Marvin's talent is so tantalizing. You you see it on a regular basis. Yes, there are still several holes in his game. The defense is an issue. The lack of a right hand is an issue. The lack of passing when he drives to the basket. These are all issues. That's gotten better, though, but it still needs has a long way no, to go. No, again, they're all issues. They've all improved, but it's it's marginal improvement. But they've improved, and that's a quali- and that's a positive sign. And I look at his talent. It's just too tantalizing to pass up on. I think the Sacramento Kings need to really figure out and give him a shot as that starting five at some point. I think that needs to be a thing, especially going into next year. I don't think Marvin's going to be getting a contract extension because, again, there's just not enough sample size with Marvin, unfortunately, due to the injuries. But year four, to me, is going to be that make-or-break year with Marvin. And luckily, when you're the Sacramento Kings and you're in this position, you have a guy on a rookie deal. Even if he comes out gangbusters next year and you don't sign him to extension, you still can match him. You can still retain that asset. And I think the Kings just at this point need to realize, hey, look, we're not a team that is going to be competitive. And by competitive, I mean, sure, they could possibly get in on that last play-in spot. But again, that still shouldn't be what you're shooting for. I think we're at the point now where, Matt, I I really feel like Marvin Bagley at the center, it it needs to be an experiment for the rest of the season. It just depends on the health of Rashawn Holmes because the Kings are still trying to win basketball games. And I would argue that Rashawn Holmes at the center position continues to give you the best chance to win. And as long as Luke Walton is the head coach, I believe that is going to be the focal point. And unless Monty McNair really gets involved and says no, play Bagley at the center every single game, I don't think that's going to change when Rashawn Holmes is healthy. Now, if McNair wants to force that, then he can trade away Rashawn Holmes. So my question to you then is, If the Kings do decide to move on from Rashawn Holmes at the deadline, does that mean to you, do you interpret that as a commitment to Marvin Bagley, or do you interpret that as trying to get the most for Rashawn Holmes' value when you do not desire to pay the money appropriate to bring him back? Both. And by commitment to Bagley, I don't think it's necessarily a commitment to Marvin as a player. Like, no, you're our guy moving forward. I think it's a commitment to the idea like, you know what? This is where we think you play best. It's a commitment to seeing, is this going to work out? Are you going to be this guy? And on the other side, I do think it's, you know, hey, we can get value for Marvin or excuse me, for Rashawn Holmes right now. Let's maximize our value. We know, let's, and again, we're going to build that way. Let's open up our flexibility if we can get off har- Barnes and Heald. I, I think that's the direction you have to take it. God, that's such a gamble, though. It's a huge gamble. Oh, I'm not it's saying it's not a gamble. such a gamble to move on from the proven commodity that is Rashawn Holmes with the hopes that Marvin Bagley can be a better option at the center position. That's such a huge gamble for someone like Monty McNair, especially when I don't think Rashawn Holmes is going to cost you an arm and a leg like Marvin Bagley might one day. I, I'm really hesitant to move on from Rashawn Holmes without total belief and commitment to Marvin Bagley as that guy, as that future center. Like I would hate for the Kings to move on from Rashawn Holmes, still not know about Marvin Bagley, and potentially be forced to make another free agency big man signing, or even worse, go after a big man in the draft. 
If you've been a listener of the Locked On Kings podcast for a while, I know that you're familiar with Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. You've heard me talk about them a ton as they are one of our amazing sponsors here, have been all year long on the Locked On podcast network, even all last year. They are phenomenal. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And right now they're having a flash sale on one of their newest flavors, the Coconut Puff Bar. This thing is delicious. It got sent to my house yesterday. I gobbled it up first thing this morning. It was a great decision. They also have luscious chocolate and soft marshmallow added to their normally 18 phenomenal flavors. They're made with a premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 6 grams of sugar. They're also gluten-free, preservative-free, and they're available for a limited time only. It's a one-day sale, so order now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get a 20% discount on your next order. And of course, big thank you to Built Bar for being such great sponsors here of the Locked On Kings podcast. Maybe the Kings and their luck can change on the road as tomorrow they will take on the Chicago Bulls. Right now, Zach Levine of the Bulls is playing out of his mind, so he's going to be a tough task for the Kings defensively to deal with. And also, we'll wait and see if Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes will be available for that game. No update as of right now when I'm recording this podcast, but if any news comes out about that, uh, I will tweet about it on my Twitter account, at MattGeorgeRadio, uh, or you can ask me about it via email, mgeorgeatsacklocalmedia.com. And I want to hear your responses to Jay and my conversation. If you had to pick between Rashawn Holmes or Marvin Bagley, the proven commodity or the guy, the younger guy with the higher ceiling going forward at that center position for the Kings, who would you pick and why? Also, if you're picking Rashawn Holmes, what's the dollar figure that you're comfortable offering him to bring him back starting next season? Let me know on Twitter at Matt George Radio. Also tweet at Jay Mars as well your answer. And feel free to email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. That does it for another week here of the Locked On Kings podcast. We'll be back on Monday to recap all the weekend's action, plus more great stories and content surrounding your Sacramento Kings. Please join me for that. Until then, as always, please stay safe, stay healthy, have a good weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. My name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.